welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. Uh, my name's Clint, and I have two guests with me today. Could you guys introduce yourselves and what your role is here on our staff? Absolutely. I'm Jen Carter, and I'm the Director of Children's Ministry for Heartland. And I'm Dave. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And today we wanted to talk about the topic of baptism. Boy, it's just one of those things that people have a lot of questions about. It's practiced differently uh, in certain faith traditions. And so routinely we get questions from uh, congregants and people that want to be baptized all about how it works and even what is it? What, how do we do that on a Sunday morning or elsewhere? So maybe we can just start there of just kind of defining the terms. I know that can be an annoying place, but the philosopher in me just wants to know what things are. So what is baptism? And then maybe why do such a thing at all? Yeah, so we, um, let's start there. Baptism is a way that we identify with Christ. We let people know outwardly what Jesus has done in our life inwardly, that he is transforming us and changing us, that we have made him, I guess the initial commitment, the king of our life. Um, And why we do that is because, pretty simple, Jesus told us to. And he led by example. He was baptized. Uh, so he was immersed under water uh, back in the day in the Jordan River by John the baptizer and came up out of that water. And then he says, you guys should go do this same thing. And this is the way that you let the world know that you're one of my followers. So that is kind of the genesis behind baptism. Do we know a little bit more? Could we take even a step back from that, just from your recollection we just find John the Baptist doing that and Jesus shows up on the scene, but no one thought that that was strange, really, that John was baptizing, just the act of baptism. How far back does this practice go? And and just why baptism of going underwater and up? Of all the things that you could do to make a public declaration, I mean, you might even think, why not just bring him up on stage and here, read this out for everyone. Jesus is the king of my life. There's my public declaration. Yeah, or like when I was a kid, uh, you used to walk down an aisle at the end of a service uh, while people sang a hymn, and you would declare that you are now a Christian, or you'd pray a prayer. It was called the sinner's prayer at the end of a service and during the invitation. That was a way of declaring. I don't honestly know the deep historical roots of where baptism came from. That'd probably be a whole other podcast I'd have to prepare for. Um, But I do know, yeah, John shows up on the scene. It is something he's doing. It's a way of identifying not only his um, kind of his disciples, his followers, but then Jesus shows up and is baptized. Why? Uh, Paul writes a little bit about it in Romans chapter 6. It's almost like um, a metaphor in a way in that when, and we explain this when we baptize people, but like when you go underneath the water, it's a symbol for your death Mm -hmm. and you're dying to your old way of life. (laughs) And when you come up out of the water, it's a symbol for like you're rising to new life, your resurrection. So it's a picture really of what's going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add something there? Um, I was just saying that when we talk about it in kids' community, we will tell the kids that it's a symbol like the wedding ring that you wear Mm. saying you're married to Sarah or that I wear and Dave wears. Um, Or like a sports jersey is one we use a lot in kids' community just because that's a little bit more friendly of a version for them since they're not married. Um, Or we at least hope not. 
Hopefully. We have them in kids' community. <laughs> Hopefully not yet. Right? That'd be really early. Um, although, my, although my son Luke just this morning was writing a letter to a, a young lady that goes here. He's six. And yes. he was like, Alexa, how do you spell marry me? And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Your six-year-old son was writing a, yeah. a I want to get married letter. Yeah, and oh, he said, Dad, uh, my a little bit wanted to get a ring. What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, if he's old enough to get married, he's probably old enough to be baptized. He probably is. That's true. <laughs> wow. But you, I love the analogy of the ring and the jersey because really that's a way of identifying. And do the kids seem to grasp that? Absolutely. Yes, it is a way of identifying. We, we like to put it with the jersey because you're putting on the jersey that says you're part of God's team uh. in that symbol of being baptized. That decision that you made a lot of times is a private decision not always the aisle down the middle of the church like yeah. it was when I grew up, yeah. um, but more by yourself. And so you want to then come back and tell everybody you want to celebrate this and share, hey, I'm on, I'm, I'm a member of God's family. So how, how do you know that, like, especially with kids and you work with kids every day, how do you know when they're ready for this? Because really, like, what's on my heart is I don't want to keep a kid back who's ready. I mean, I've typically talked about this as middle school age, junior high age would be a good age to talk about being baptized. Um, I was baptized, I've shared my story before, as an infant because my parents uh, were in the Lutheran church at the time. But I didn't make that decision. I can't remember anything about that. And it seems like what the Bible teaches is you decide to be baptized after you give your life to Christ. And certainly I don't want to hold any kid back who is ready to make that decision. At the same time, I don't want to be baptizing six-year-olds, uh, to use your example, Clint, who, who don't really understand what they're doing. And then when they're 13 or 15, they're saying, well, I better be baptized again because I, I don't really understand or remember any of that. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be on when is the right time for a kid to be baptized? Kids are all different and they all develop so differently. And so I love what we do here at Heartland where we meet with them and we get to have a conversation. My youngest is six and he says all the time that he wants to get baptized. And when I ask him why, it's because he wants to swim in front of the church. <laughs> okay. So probably not the, right. not the best reason. No, no, exactly That's right. <laughs> I'll tell him we can swim at home in the pool and... Um, he loves watching them. He thinks it's exciting. He sees all the cheering and the excitement going on because it's an exciting day. But he doesn't understand what that is yet. He just wants to swim. So then your job as a parent is to help direct that. I mean, that's a really good desire that he has, and you want to encourage that. But you also want to help teach him and not force that upon him. Because I think a lot of people, depending on, on how they were raised, they feel like they need to get their infants or their young children baptized because if something bad happens to them, then that ensures that they go to heaven if they were to die or pass away. And that's really not what the Bible teaches at all. Right. I mean, God right. forbid if something were to happen to your young child, um, I believe the Bible teaches, yes, they will be in heaven with God. And we've got some, that's a whole other podcast, but we've got some precedent of that. It's not the act of baptism that saves them. In fact, the act of baptism doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. It's just a, a step um, that helps us grow in our faith. And in fact, this past weekend, uh, I was talking to somebody at church that pulled me aside after a service, and they said, you know, I think I'm making the decision to be baptized uh, in a couple of weeks. And 
And here's why. Because when I was younger, like, it, it was forced on me, and it didn't mean anything. And I'm so excited to, like, be able to make this decision on my own. And I had to, get, I had to make this decision because they wanted me to join the church. And it's like, I just didn't think it was coming from the right motivation. And so now to see this person, like, wrestling with that and wanting to take the step out of obedience is, is really cool to me. Absolutely. And that he get, he's choosing that now for himself to to show everybody, which is what it is. I think that that's so cool that we keep talking about it, that it's the symbol, that it isn't what is saving you. It has no saving power. It's you sharing your desire for Jesus to be the king of your life with everybody. And, and you're sharing your story. And, yes. and so you want to invite people, friends and neighbors and people that don't know God because you want them to hear your story. I mean, I think that's sometimes in churches we make baptism this thing that happens just in a church. It's like, no, we want everyone to see this because we want them to experience how God is, is transforming us and changing, changing us, you know. So that's a good testimony. What, what do you say, Jen, did, sorry, Clint, I'm asking all the questions again. But, like, what do you say, like, if you meet with a parent and they think their kids should be baptized, but you know that they just want to swim, they're not ready yet, and the parent's like, no, I want my kid baptized. And maybe, and just to piggyback on that, maybe they've kind of trained the kid to say the right thing. So maybe the kid, know, like, okay, Tim, Timmy, don't say swim in the tank, say because I want to make Jesus the king of my life. And then he gets in there, oh, because that. And you can just kind of tell that. Oh, like the parents have coached him because it's almost more important to the parents than it is oh, to I'm little Oh, I'm sure that Timmy. would happen a lot, yeah. Is, is that really what happens? It has actually happened. Oh, I think that we always try to have these baptism conversations somewhere that's going to make the kids comfortable. And we don't just jump right into... So tell me why you want to get baptized. I usually start with other conversations to make them feel comfortable with me. And, like, they want to chat and tell me what's going on. And then you can get a kid to – you can coach them in those answers, but they're going to know what to say for a minute or two. They're not going to be able to share why or that story behind it if there isn't a story behind it. Mm. Um, and so then it's a conversation sometimes with the parents on um, – well, why do you want this so much for your kid? Uh, um, we've gotten to introduce parent-child dedication in some of those conversations because that's really you as a parent getting to say, I want to raise my kid to love and follow Jesus, whereas baptism is that child's choice to share that they've already made that decision. And so just reminding parents the difference between the two. That's really great, and I love what we do with parent-child dedication because, like you said, that is the parent's opportunity to say I'm I'm dedicating myself here and they're making that choice bringing their kids up but um, to leave that decision to a kid and it's not like you want to be that you want to be God and be the judge on whether a kid nope. is ready or not and you don't want to turn a kid or a family off but you not also have the responsibility like be between you and God to make sure that we're not just dunking people just to dunk them mm -hmm. because they want to swim or it's just what we do. We want to make sure that they know why they're doing what they're doing, I imagine. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And it's it's hard. It's hard to always know um, what the answer is. and But to just keep having that relationship with them and that conversation um, usually helps pull those out. Well, and what I hear in your answer, too, I, I would almost say the exact same thing having a conversation with an adult. I bet. There could be circumstances where an adult doesn't seem ready or seems to be doing it for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, I've had plenty of those, right? Or I've also had a situation where 
um, let's say someone was baptized as a 10 or 12 year old and, and they knew what they were doing or even younger, eight or 10, they knew what they were doing, but then something changed later on in their life spiritually pretty significantly. And they wanted to make another decision to kind of get rebaptized um, as a way of saying, this is a new start, you know, like I'm almost rededicating my life. And I'm, I'm okay with that too. I mean, we have examples of that mm-hmm. in the New Testament where someone was baptized by John the Baptist and then they decided to, you know, follow Jesus and they potentially got rebaptized. Like when, when couples renew their vows or something. Be almost like that. a, yeah, good. Almost like a vow renewal in a way. And again, we're not going to like baptize people every time we have a baptism three times a year. But we want to, uh, I think maybe what's undergirding all of this is we want to live in relationship with them. Yes, absolutely. Live in relationship with a kid. Say more about that. What, is that. what does that mean? What are you well, even say? what Jen said earlier, um, she wants to make the kid comfortable before they have a conversation. She wants to ask the parents um, what they think and why they think their, their son or daughter is ready. And then you're seeing them every week when they're bringing their kids to kids' community and... So I imagine you live in a pretty decent relationship with a lot of these kids. Yes, and when we have our extra events. But we will not know those kids as well as mom or dad do because I get them an hour a week. That's right. Um, and mom and dad have them a whole lot more than that. So that's why when we do those meetings um, for kids in kids' community, we meet with a parent and the child um, and make it a conversation with everybody. So let's. Um, <clears throat> I want to put some finer details on some points that you alluded to earlier with some worries that people have about maybe, I think you did mention original sin or just um, the idea that I might need to get baptized to have some like metaphysical change happen in the cosmos where now like I'm washed clean and so I'm no, I no longer like stand guilty before God or something. And there's a s- several other worries folks might have coming over from the Catholic Church or other traditions, I think like 60-some percent of our congregation fits that uh, description. And so maybe surprised to hear that the like broadly Protestant tradition does not subscribe to some of those things. So even just to like zoom in on that first one, I mean, you've, you've been using the terminology, both of you, of like symbolism, it's symbolic, but other people within Christendom would disagree. Like something really um, foundational and metaphysical and spiritual is happening in the act of doing that that changes something about the way God sees you or God relates to you. Is that a fair characteristic? And then why would we not agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think there are uh, other Protestant churches that would baptize infants yeah and they can defend that from scripture and that's okay i mean i just would disagree with that you know they may use the passage in acts about how the philippian jailer was baptized came to know god was baptized and his entire household and then they say well there had to be infants in that household which is really an argument from silence because it doesn't say that there were infants in the household but boy it's pretty convenient when we want to baptize infants you know so Mm -hmm. I've just decided, based on Jesus' ministry and what we see in John the Baptist, what we see predominantly throughout the New Testament, this is as close to that action as we can get, is that we're going to baptize adults uh, or certainly people who have made a decision to follow Christ. And 
um, that those who believe that baptism saves them or washes away original sin, I just don't, I don't see that taught in the scriptures. And so, again, just try and stay as close to scripture as I understand it and then practice mm -hmm. that here at our church. This is the way we do it. Now, I'm certainly not saying it's the only way, everybody else is wrong, but it's just, you know, based on uh, our best understanding of what the scripture teaches. And I suppose once you, once we're saying we don't subscribe to that kind of heavier version of it, then some of the other concerns fall away. But one might be like, <laughs> what are some ways that it could like go wrong where it doesn't count? You know, where maybe like I've seen a lot of battles over what words are spoken over you as you're baptized. Sure. So like even like, so let's just kind of walk people through this. When someone comes up to this big tank we have set up and they're, you're standing in there with them as the person that's going to baptize them. None of us can really, at least how we do it here, hear what you're saying to them or what words are being exchanged. How, how much of that matters, I guess, to having a successful baptism? Yeah. Because well, some people are really worried about, like, did you baptize in the name of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> or did you do it in the name of the Father, the Son, right. and the Holy Spirit? Well, there's some traditions that baptize, you know, you have to dunk them three times. I mean, in the name oh. of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, you can get real particular over all these things. But um, the way I understand it, like, let's try to keep it as simple as possible according to what the Scripture says. So we ask people those two questions. Do you love Jesus with all your heart? Um, that's the first question. And hopefully they say yes. Have you had some no's in the I've tank? Not. Okay. I've not. I've <laughs> not. Uh, now, we do offer, you know, a class um, in advance. So we want to help them learn what they're doing and mm -hmm. make an informed decision. Uh, and then the second question is, do you want to be baptized to let everybody know here that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? And the answer, yes. And so then we will, again, to the symbolism of, of Romans chapter 6, we'll immerse them in the water. We believe Jesus was immersed, Matthew chapter 3, by John the Baptist. So this is the example we follow. But there are some situations where people just can't be immersed. In fact, I had one happen again just this past weekend. A woman came up to me and said, I, I really want to be baptized because of my back. I can't go backwards. Is it okay if I can get in the tank, but is it okay if we do it differently? And like what I would say is absolutely, because it's the motive, it's the intent mm -hmm. behind that. It's not the methodology. So what like, are you going to do, hold her by the back of the head and push her face down? Well, I kind of joked with her. I kind of <laughs> said, well, how long can you hold your breath? I'll just push you under from the top. Yeah. And she laughed. But no, we'll get a, yeah. we'll get a bucket. We'll pour it over. I've had uh, someone in our past in a church where I served in previously where they couldn't even get into the tank. And so we had them stand mm -hmm. on the um, tarp outside of the tank, and we poured a bucket of water over them. So there's all this, uh, you know, argument, I guess you could say, in Christianity over sprinkled or immersed or, you know, whatever. And I just say, let's just try to keep it simple and do it the closest way we know possible to the way Jesus just, did it. And on the other end, I've seen, if you want a good laugh, go to YouTube and type in, like, the tackling pastor for baptisms. And there's this guy that they, like, play this heavy metal music. And, um, you know, the, it's like a long pool-looking baptismal. And the pastor will just kind of get a running start and tackle the guy into the Oh, <laughs> the my. I've never seen that. No, I never have. But either. it's like it's really meaningful. These guys come from, like, really crazy rough backgrounds. And they get out of the – and they're like, yeah. Yeah, so for, you know, it's kind of like communion in a way for me. And, of course, baptism and communion are the two sacraments. I, I have a, I have a um, 
I guess, a little bit of a difficult time, if I'm honest, if parents just let their kids take communion or walk up to a communion table and just start drinking juice and, and mm-hmm. eating the, the bread if they don't have any idea what it's about. Like, ah, like there's some meaning here, and this is, it's a symbol, and it's pointing us to something deeper. I also, though I love when a parent... Uh, will explain what communion is during a service. Even if their child's young, they'll walk it through with them and take it with them. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have a tough time with just kids jumping in the baptistry because they want to swim. Um, but I love when parents bring their kids up and show them and this is what they're doing. And when they think their son or daughter is ready, then bringing them to you, Jen, and your team and walking through that process. I think that can be great next step for a kid, you know. Absolutely. I agree. We have gotten to do communion with our kids, and it is cool to explain that to them um, on a level they're going to understand because you explain it before we do it every time, but um, that isn't always the easiest for them. And so on family Sundays or whatnot, for me getting to sit there with my children and and take a minute and whisper to them what exactly this means, I love that about it. And we want to make these things, communion or baptism, like we want to make them accessible to people um, real for them, and it's not like they have to jump through all these hoops. Now, there are some things we, we want people to know, and so we offer this, you know, an online baptism class, or we'll meet with them, we'll interview them, but ultimately, like, you know, we're not the judge of whether, getting back to our podcast today, whether a kid is ready or not to be baptized. Um, God's ultimately, but the parent, like you mentioned, knows best. And we just want to, and I thought that's why we should do a podcast like this, is to help parents understand what our heart is. And, and maybe, Jen, you could help. Um, how could a parent prepare in a positive way to help their kids understand baptism? Like, what would be some coaching you would give to a parent who, let's say they're brand new to our church, and they see a baptism, and they're like, I think I want my kid to do that. Like, what would you say to them if they really had no idea how to teach their kid to get ready for that? It's a great question. Um, We've got a wonderful book called Baptism that I hand to parents a lot of times to walk through and it explains to them. Um, But really remembering that it's about your child and it's about them being ready. It's not about you and your desire for them to be baptized. It's a cool and exciting day when your kids are getting baptized and it's something fun and to celebrate. But to remember that it's about them and their readiness is huge. Um, And that's going to come at different times for all different kids. I would also um, just remember that it isn't anything that saves your children. It's Mm. a symbol. And so if they aren't ready and you, you know, you don't have to be worried about what's going to happen to them. Yeah. Um, I think of the thief on the cross, you know, and he turns to Jesus. I don't know if people will know this story, but at, at the last moment, right before he's ready to die, he's hanging next to Jesus and he has this transformational experience. And Jesus doesn't say to him, sorry, buddy, you weren't baptized. Like, you're not going to be in paradise with me because you didn't check that one off the list. No, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So certainly baptism isn't absolutely necessary. And to kind of get to our both and thinking, like it's, it's a very important step that we want to encourage people to take. And, and one thing I would add to what you said, Jen, is it's okay to like have it be something that kids want to do and anticipate. 
And if they're not quite ready, it's okay. We'll have, like we do three or four of these a year. It's, wait for the next one to talk about it some more. You know, do some reading out of the Bible and have them maybe write out their story. And, and hopefully then they will be ready when that next one comes along. That's such a good point. One of my children decided to get baptized a while ago, and another one came to me, and we were talking about it with the first child and said that she wanted to. And I had her wait um, because it just really seemed like at that time that she was doing it because her sister was. So you had one daughter that was ready and yep. the other that you told to wait. So Absolutely. even in your own family, you're in doing this. In my own this family, great. yes. And they're twins, same age, but that doesn't mean mm. that they're ready at the same time just because they're the same age. See, that's a great example. Yeah. So you had the discernment to kind of step back. Now, how did your daughter, how did the one who had to wait react to that? She was okay. She's actually signed up for this next one um, and can't wait. And it feels, um, just when we were able to talk about it, it felt right. She knew what she was doing. She knew why she wants to do this. Um, and she's ready and she's excited. That's great. And it, it, again, we don't want to like keep anybody from that, but at the right appropriate time for each family, for each child. I think it's great that each of your daughters had their own special day. You Absolutely. Know? And what yep. I encourage people to do is not just like, don't just bring your own family, but invite friends, invite your family members. And here's another suggestion I would have. Take your kid out afterwards and have a celebration meal. Like, make it a big deal. Write it in their Bible. You know, maybe buy them a Bible as a gift or something and say, hey, on this date, you were baptized, and that's when you identified as a follower of Jesus. And I think if you keep, keep that up and it's not just a one-time deal, it becomes something that they can carry with them for, throughout their life. Yep, During absolutely. difficult times, they can recall, no, nope, I made this decision to give my life to Christ on this day, you know. Yeah. And I think another thing is it's good for parents to remember that if you don't have the answers, we're here. That's good. <laughs> we love as a kids community team and all the Heartland staff to meet with people and to talk with them and to walk through the life with them and these decisions and these challenges and yeah. questions. And we don't have all the answers, but, no, but definitely what, not. We, what we will do is we will always uh, listen well and we will err on the side of grace. You know, like we're, we're not the judge, jury, and executioner. If you really feel strongly that your kid's ready, then obviously we're going to, like, we're going to err on the side of grace and going with what your thoughts are. We just want to help you make an informed decision. Yeah, that's really good. Well, thanks, guys, for sharing about baptism. And thank you for watching another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can find all of our back episodes here as well. If you're just listening, you can watch this as well and interact in, in the comment section online. Uh, that'd be great. So we'll see you next time.